This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Christopher Schindler. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! What can a robot work? Streaking across the halfway line, runs into Christopher Schindler and Town knock it forward. De Plattras forward, De Plattras got the better. Yeah! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Right, welcome to a, a special edition of Andy Takes That Chance. This evening, myself, Matt, Neil and Cosy are joined by former Premier League referee and Huddersfield Town fan, Bobby Madley. Good evening. So, Bobby, you grew up in the 1990s. Football on Sky had just taken off in popularity. New camera angles, improved sound, um, everything for the viewer. Um, what makes a young lad from Osset? Watch the likes of Roy Keane, Paulins, Patrick Vieira and friends aggressively crowd a referee whilst 50, 60, 70,000 fans spit feathers and vitriol at him and think, yeah, I fancy some of that. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I never wanted to. I hated referees as a player. I still do sometimes when I play. So it's, um, I, I played at, um, you're going to hate me for this, I actually played at Leeds United as a kid. Um, got released, wasn't quite good enough. Went to Barnsley, didn't make it there. Went back playing for my local teams, played for Osset Town, and I was scoring a lot of goals and getting frustrated because it wasn't the level of football I wanted to be playing. Um, we, we had this same old bloke who refereed us pretty much every week and just challenged us one week and said, look, you, 
you're a bit gobby on the pitch. You got a chip on the shoulder. I was 16. And he said, look, you say, say what you want to me, but take the referee's course first because you don't know what you're talking about. And I thought I knew everything about football. Take the referee's course. So basically, I went along, took my brother with me. Andy didn't want to do it either, but I had many friends at that time who wanted to. So just basically took the course just to, just yeah, I can prove this guy wrong. Um, went and did my first game, got paid a tenner at Osset Town under 11s to do this. and all right, 16. All right, 16, yeah, another 10 quid next week as well. And so just basically fell into it by accident. I was tall at 16. <clears throat> um, I was sort of not far off six foot then anyway. So I got away with it a bit and went into open age football and just absolutely loved it. Loved the banter with the players. Missed playing. Still not, you know, playing's still my passion. But yeah, just, just fell into it totally by accident. See, I've seen a... Um a young referee walk off in a, a junior game at Marley for getting stick from coaches. Mm. Uh, I've heard other stories of abuse for young referees as well. Um, you started in the Wakefield League of the West Yorkshire Premier League as a teenager. I've got that from Wikipedia, so correct okay. me if I'm oh, wrong. Oh, I'm mean, we'll right then. <laughs> um, so you've you've done that. I, I think me and your man and your paths crossed, didn't we? As me as a, a goalkeeper back yeah. then in West Yorkshire Premier League, West Riding. Uh, we don't remember each other. It's probably a good thing. It's better uh, that you don't remember <laughs> me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I've played in those leagues for, for a while and I know how big egos can be at mm. that sort of level. And and um, how was it being a 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old lad, uh, being the disciplinarian to people that, you know, effectively twice your age and kind of look at you and go, what do you know? You're only a kid. Mm. Yeah, it, it's tough. It is tough. And, you know, as much as I, I sit and I read quite a lot and I wasn't allowed to it when I was refereeing over here, but now I'm not refereeing here. I do have it. And, and I see a lot of people on there and on Facebook, who are, oh, you know, the, the abuse that the referees get at the top, shocking. Do you know what? The, I can walk past a Sunday morning pitch and I can walk past a, a junior game and hear a lot worse. And we're making it difficult for young referees now because some of these guys, you, you can qualify as a ref at 14 year old. And for some reason, these people go and watch their kids or they go and watch Sunday morning football. Um, and they just think because they've got a referee's kit on, it's okay to abuse them. It's okay to shout this stuff at them. And they forget they're actually shouting this to a 14 year old kid. Um, and that's not acceptable so it is tough and even if I go referee a Sunday morning game now I'll probably still get it I'll still get the same stick you know just doesn't matter how good a referee you are it's still that passion and that do you feel like popping win. a wig on and then so they don't know who you are that's, and you that's, can... that's quite, quite baldish <laughs> that actually I don't, don't appreciate that comment thanks Bobby, for what, started already what advice <laughs> would you give now for an aspiring young referee who wants to get to the to the very top not you know kind of you know Unibond League or whatever mm. but the where you, you know, been and that as well. What would you say? What you, would they you, need? You've got to work hard. You've got to have a thick skin. And that's not justifying and saying, oh, abuse is part of football. It really isn't. But anyone who gets into refereeing to be popular is sorely misguided. Do you know what I mean? You won't be a traffic warden because you want people to like you. Um, so basically, go in and referee as many games as you can. I see a lot of young referees who want to ref the FA Cup final next week. Do you know what I mean? As soon as they qualify. And they'll do 20 games a season and think it's enough. When I were refereeing at 16, 17, I were doing 120, 130 games, five a weekend sometimes. And all right, money's good for that. Um, but every game you're trying to learn something and not being scared of making mistakes, not going out and telling people how good you are, not believing it when people say, oh, you're a good referee, you. Because you're only as good as your next decision as a ref. And you have to remember that. Do you know what I mean? Always, you're mm. always one decision away from a, long, a big fall. So. so thick skin, what about fitness You know, kind of levels? I mean, oh God, I'm going to tell you the next shells years. Sometimes you see some of the referees and I, compared to, so when you look, you watch some of them old DVDs you're on yeah. about in the 90s and to me, the fitness levels, a bit like a lot of sports now, seem to be a lot higher than maybe yeah. when you've started. Is that kind of looked on? Do you get 
analyze for your fitness and, and things like that yeah or? definitely yeah. I mean the, so the refs weren't professional in 2001 so anything you watch from the 90s mm. those guys weren't professional they had you know they're working five days a week so they had to train around their job now we you know they, they have the opportunity now to go and train every day they have sports scientists who send them a training plan for the week so you know exactly what you're doing nutritionists who are sending you what to eat and what not to eat so the science behind it's much better they're covering 11 to 12 kilometers a game as a referee at that level that's similar so, to a midfielder isn't it yeah of course it is yeah and basically you're covering the area that 11 players are covering for a football team so you've got to be fit you've got to be in that best position to be able to get the right decision so there's no excuse and people forget that some of the guys get battered i i were classed as a young referee and i'm 33 as a footballer i'd be coming to the end of my career now so as a ref, the average age of the referees in the Premier League is 44. So at 44 year old, you're keeping up with 20 year old lads. You've got to be fit. You've got to be working out to do that. So one of the one of the worst incidents I ever saw when I was a I was a goalkeeper, and, and this is I used to play in the you know the West Yorkshire Premier League mm-hmm. and whatnot on a Saturday. On a Sunday, I used to play in the Heavy Woolen League. Women's. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, one incident whereby um, I'm I'm not going to name the club even though the club handled it brilliantly afterwards. Um, a decision was given against a striker who didn't speak great English. Yeah. Um, so he couldn't get his, you know, what he wanted to do out, you know, yeah. so he can communicate properly with the referee. His frustration boiled to him turning around and kicking the referee up the backside quite quite hard. The referee then called the game off. Yeah, yeah. Um, has anybody ever sort of been physical to you? Have you ever got anything like that? Do you know what? I, I think I think I've been lucky in that sense. I really do. And and the referee does the right thing there. If you're assaulted as a referee, there's no one there to protect you. And the best thing and best advice that we give is at local levels to abandon the game. Yeah, that's um, what did, yeah. You know, you have to look after yourself. I've never been in a position where I've felt physically threatened by a, a player. That doesn't. That's not because I'm a good referee and only bad referees that happens to. Maybe I've been a bit lucky. I talk quite a lot when I'm on the pitch, and I try to build relationships with players as quickly as I can before a game. And they'll disagree with the decision, but if you talk to them as a human being and show that respect before it's actually showed to you, rather than turning up and just expecting people to bow down to you because you're the referee, I think that helps a lot because you start, you know, breaking down barriers. Um, but you'll always get the odd idiot. That's the thing. But we look at, I read some stories about, oh, you know, it's, it's an epidemic in football about assault on referees. One assault is too many. But I read last week, last year, I think there was 82 a 82 cases of assaults on referees across the country in a season. Now, I can't turn around and say that's good, but bear in mind... It should be zero, really. It should be zero, but you've got 20,000 attacks on nurses. So Mm. society has to look at itself a lot of the time. It's not just people playing football. We've changed as a society over the last 20, 30 years. So I think referees, if they just try and build those relationships, it it does help. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you were fast-tracked. Um, what what's the process of fast tracking? So obviously, Cosby's mentioned fitness. Do yeah. they do they look at talented young referees and do they think right this guy's going mm. or guy or girl's going all the way to the top? What we'll do is we'll move them on, um, and therefore you find yourself almost parachuted into a, a really high level at quite a young age. Um, so there's a, a little bit of a myth in this. So there's no referees that are fast tracked. Okay. So that that is a bit of a myth. So you basically I won't bore you with too many details on it, but you start as a level seven. You hopefully work your way up to level one, which is professional football league, Premier League, and level zero, which is an international referee. So every referee has to start at level seven. So it's a bit like the police. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. Yeah. I went from seven to six after a couple of years. I then went from six to four. So if I was fast-tracked, I was maybe... It's only one. That 
But those levels are only Sunday morning football. So level four is your first level where you played at West Yorkshire League or County Am. So, okay, after a few years, I was put to, to that level. You then graded every game. You're assessed every game. You're marked by the clubs every game. And referees have a league table. So basically, if you finish top of that league table at the end of the season, you get promoted just like a, just like a, a team. So after one season, me and Andy actually finished top two. They took two that season. We got promoted up to level three, which was the Unibon League. A couple of years later, finished in the top five nationally, got promoted to the conference. So you've got to finish at the top. So there's no, nobody looks at you and says, oh, we'll, we'll pick him out. Every time I've been promoted, it's because I've finished top of the in the top whatever. So it, it is a fair system. It is a fair. You, they don't just pluck a lad and say, oh, he's, he's young and fit. He's 140th in the league. We'll have him anyway. Yeah. It is a fair system. So, so there's no, there's, there's a, probably another myth then about box ticking for absolutely yeah. referees. Yeah, absolutely. so they have to be of a certain quality. And you, they have you've to got to be. Yeah, they can't risk putting you into into professional football if you haven't proved yourself doing it. And and again, people look at I said John Brooks for example as a, a championship referee. John's maybe 26 now, young lad, fit lad, quality referee. And people look and say, oh, what, what experience has he got? Well, he's probably got about 800 games worth of experience behind him. It's what he's got. Because so he's come to the levels. Well as well. Stuart Atwell. Stuart, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah so he's just gone very one. quick. Yeah, but Michael Oliver, again, went very quick. And look at him now. He's one of the best in the world. So the, the cream, and I'd probably take myself out of that, but in terms of Michael, the cream does rise to the top. And, and he's proved that it stays there as well. Good. So in 2013, you made the Premier League. Mm. Um three years after starting in the Football League, so that's yeah. successive promotions by the sounds of pretty much. Um, no, because the Football League referees do at that time okay. did all three divisions. Right. So there wasn't a promotion through the leagues that Football League refs are. You would do Championship one week, League two the next, League one, League two, Championship, so just wherever. Obviously the better performance ones would be more in the Championship. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you had a bit of a baptism of fire, didn't you, in your mm. first Premier League game? <laughs> Southampton versus West Brom and... Yeah. Made a name for yourself with was it three sendings off for violent yeah, conduct? Just the three, yeah. Just the three with <laughs> cards. Just just announce yourself. Start I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean I, I got the point. I was still a football league ref at the time, so I hadn't been promoted to the Premier League. Damn season, Wikipedia, see. Yeah, it so just falls down, doesn't it? Correct. <laughs> season had gone well. It was almost an interview, I suppose. Um so I've gone down to Southampton, long drive, went down on the Friday night. Um and you kinda as a referee what you want when it's match of the day is you want no yellers. No reds, no pens, no controversy. Nil-nil, last on match at day. Nobody's talking about it. Or you want a 6-nil drubbing where there's nothing, do you know what I mean? Because then it's, they're not focusing on the ref. So I've gone down to the game. I've got Phil Dowd as my fourth official who was a top international referee. Mike Malarkey on my line who just done the World Cup final for Howard Webb. So there's a bit of pressure when you're trying to man, you know, lead this team then. Went out onto the game and it's just like anything. It, as soon as you kick off, it's just a game of football. You forget the crowd, you forget the cameras. Um, and yeah, there's there's three red cards, but actually, it wasn't that difficult a game to referee. It looks it on paper, but it really weren't. The three red cards were quite easy. Two in violent conduct. One's a two-footed tackle, and and then I got a lot of positive press, which actually as a referee is quite difficult to deal with. You, you become immune to dealing with the negative stuff when someone starts saying positive things. Oh, this guy, he's you know he's going to brilliant for the Premier League. Yeah. Well, the next game I refereed or maybe a couple after, was Swansea and Stoke had eight yellow cards, got a penalty wrong and got destroyed in the papers. This guy's not good enough, he's not ready. So, you know, it's a fickle life that, that you have to lead sometimes a ref and positive stuff's not always the easiest to handle. So, I'll bring you in here a little bit as well, Neil. So, once in the Football League, 
it's, it's kind of a double barrel question this really it's does it ever I probably know what the answer is going to be on this one um, but does it ever cross a referee's mind that a decision you make could impact directly or indirectly on the team that you support and does it worry you if you get something wrong not so much cheating but I'm mm. talking about if you get something wrong um, so for example Neil there was a uh, a game which Bobby was uh, very kindly given yeah the um, we spoke about it off edge before we started the, the game in the promotion season for town and he got given ridiculously Brighton <laughs> against Newcastle which yeah. town were the only team anywhere near these two who yeah. could affect what were going on there yeah. you'll get given this game Openly Huddersfield Town fan. Mm. All Brighton fans know that you're Town fan. Social media went absolutely wild before this <laughs> game. Newcastle fans, you know, wise here. What were your thoughts when you were given that game? And then, obviously, as the game is going ahead, there's a few decisions in there that you've you've got to give. Mm. You know, so you know, just talk us through that a bit and how it all came about and <clears throat> your thoughts on it. Yeah. So I mean, you you said that already. I'm, I'm, Openly an Uddersfield fan, it was printed in the papers anyway, and to be fair, all the referees who they support were printed in the papers, so we don't hide that, um, but we've got a job to do, and Alan Shearer, for example, a massive Newcastle fan, when he played for Blackburn, he didn't, he didn't play against Newcastle and try not to score, because as a professional, he's got a job to do, yeah. and as a referee, you've got to be exactly the same, so when that appointment come through, it, it were a surprise, I'll be honest, um, because you look and think, well, there's a lot of other referees who, who could have done that, and Brighton's not local to me on a a Monday night, so I'm sure there's a few between. And I asked the question and, and it came back. I mean, I have no issue in terms of going up because I know my integrity is always going to be intact. Yeah. I'm not going to make decisions based on being a, a fan of a certain team. That I wouldn't risk my career to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, but of course there's perception. And you said social media went mad. We, we didn't have, I didn't have social media then, so I, I wasn't sort of directly involved with that or to see that. But again, I'd, I'd refereed Newcastle the year before or two years before against Sunderland um, I'd sent off Colaccini in that derby gave a penalty the penalty's correct the red card's incorrect Newcastle go on to lose so Newcastle fans were always quite negative towards me when I turned up as a referee anyway I, I love refereeing at that stadium actually and, and you don't have anything against any clubs um, but it can put you in a position yeah it can and you don't want to think of that as a referee I gave a penalty I think to Brighton after 10 minutes to me, it's a clear penalty. I'm sure that it, it were argued either way on Sky at half time, but again, you, you go off what you see at the time because it's yeah. just black and white against yeah. blue and white. And you're on there and you've got a, a, a totally different angle at that time. Absolutely. To, I've, to I've got what I thought. Cameras yeah, whatever's there. Of course. I actually think, it, I still think it's a foul. I still think it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, and then somebody, I actually didn't know, I, I do a lot of homework on the teams beforehand, um, tactics and whatever else. And then someone throws in and says, oh, I got sent a, a screenshot the day before and someone said, oh, Matt Rich is on four yellow cards and if he gets a yellow card in this, it's his fifth and that means he's suspended against Uddersfield, so this referee, and you think, yeah, I that that's, that's not in my head at all and it certainly wasn't in my head and Matt Rich actually put a tackle in in that game which I considered yellow card in. I looked and thought, it's an early one, it's five minutes into the game. Not once did it cross my head thinking, oh, if I yellow him, you yeah, know, these are the, time, yeah. I, I'm looking at that thinking, is it a yellow card? Yeah. And then and I came in my head and thought, actually, no, I can probably manage that. It's somewhere on the border. I can manage it. So I'm not there to do anyone a favour. The only person I want to do a favour is me. I want a good yeah. game. Yeah, it's so, your career. Yeah, the, the score's irrelevant to me. Yeah. There's a lot of times that players will say, you know, I'll ask players what's the score. I know it sounds stupid because I've got a scoreboard, but when you've had a few goals, what's the score? Yeah. Oh, yeah. three, three, two. All oh, right, okay. 
Because the score to a referee is just not relevant. Unless yeah. it's a cup game and then yeah, yeah. You know, you've got another 30 minutes coming. But yeah, so it can be an awkward position to be put in. And I, I still don't think it was the most sensible one. Were it honest. one that you ever considered saying, I don't really want to do that? No, because oh. then I think I question my own integrity doing that. Yeah. And, and even though I know I'm going to go out and put in a performance. I, I refereed Leeds at Chef Wednesday a couple of years ago as well. Um, and I asked the same question and said, is it, is it sensible? My next door neighbour is a massive Leeds fan. Do you know what I mean? And we, we get on all right, but I don't know if he's, and I genuinely don't know, he could put huge bets on Leeds winning every week. Yeah. If he puts a bet on and I, something happens in that game and he wins, all he's got to do is say something in pub or my next door neighbour. Do you know what I mean? And then suddenly yeah, you, yeah, the perception yeah, of you as and, a And you don't actually think gone. of that from our point of view, but Not from your all. point of view, that's quite, it's actually quite dangerous, isn't it? It, it can be. And I, I just think, you know, those, those types of games, um, as brilliant as they are to ref, because it's nice to do the top two. Yeah. If you actually look at Brighton Newcastle, any result as an Uddersfield fan, if you'd have been a neutral on that, any result would have benefited Uddersfield because someone were going to lose points. Yeah. It's irrelevant which one. Yeah, yeah. But as a ref, you just got to go ref the game. You, you can't think about external factors like that. Otherwise, you're done as a ref, aren't well, you? Yeah, I mean, if Uddersfield are in, Uddersfield are in a relegation battle with seven teams, which they were last season, what do we say that I can't referee any of those teams? Because yeah, it might affect, left, well, I'd, yeah. I'd be in championship every week, so yeah. they've, they've got to sort of. Trust I like the your fact. Integrity. I like the fact there that you you're back to yourself. Yeah. And sort of, you know, this is me. This is my career. Yeah. It's not about Uddersfield Town and maybe Uddersfield Town fan. It's about Bobby Madley. Yeah. And Bobby Madley, the referee. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I respect that. Yeah. So you've made the Premier League, Football League, FA Youth Cup, Community Shield. You made the FIFA list of referees. I did, yeah. The select group of referees list, which I believe it's means Premier League, only yeah, Premier, Premier League, League yeah. Um, not to give you a big head or anything. No, well, but, me, me mum wrote me Wikipedia <laughs> page. You're all right. <laughs> what would you could tell, this is the level of research I've gone into? For oh, you. There you go. But um, what would you say out of taking everything into account? What would you say your best achievement out of everything is that you've done so far that you're most proud of? And it could be anything. It could be the best game or it could even be doing that referees course on um, do you know what I mean me, the thing I take probably most pleasure out of as a referee now is helping younger referees um, I, I work even in Norway now I work with young referees I mentor them I go and coach them just try and add a little bit to their game and you can see you speak to them at half time something that they could have done better in the first half and in the second half you can see that little light bulb moment in them and they think oh god it works I'll try that, it works, brilliant. And it makes them that little bit better. It's kind of how to talk to players. And yeah, just like little, that. just tiny little little tips that you can give them on a positioning or something that a football fan probably doesn't even see the referee doing, but as a referee, it makes them better. Um, so I love them in terms of best games. I think, I mean, I was fourth official in the FA Cup final, so to be involved in, in the Cup final is pretty special. Um, I think the, the best game I've refereed really was, and it wasn't actually that, that good a game, uh, with Chef Wednesday and all in the championship playoff final because you're given a game there. You referee a game, 46 league games a season. If you make a mistake in those, you care and it hurts as a referee, but it, it genuinely, generally, sorry, generally doesn't affect the outcome of someone's season. The amount of pressure that's on you in a playoff final, especially the championship playoff final, when someone says to you just before kickoff, oh, it's worth 200 million this. And you think, wow, that's yeah. there's some pressure on every decision here. So to get through that game, the feeling of... Achievement, I suppose, but relief more than anything when you hit the full-time whistle and think... Well, yeah, that's sort of lifetime-changing stuff yeah, for a football it club, isn't it? That's yeah, of course. The whole course of their yeah. future to become yeah. their history yeah. could go on you yeah. getting some 
marginally mm. wrong that you can see why you've got it wrong. Yeah. But it's still wrong. Absolutely. So and yeah, the you, pressure on that must be. And then you immense. add in, you're at Wembley, there's a huge crowd. There are two Yorkshire teams as well. So that's got a lot of friends in crowd who are Wednesday fans or all fans. And yeah. So you add everything in there and that just made that a little bit special. And yeah. And yeah how really, do, so really how does that. a referee, not, not maybe just yourself, but yeah. the mindset of a referee before... You know, before a big game, could be, does it change game to game? Do you kind of, is there? Do you have a certain routine that you go through? Mm. Do you have to? It could even be things such as, you know, your mentor. And do you speak to your mentor beforehand yep. and, and and things like that? What what is the mindset of a referee before? Yeah, so I mean, before these I, games. In, in terms of the week building up to to a game, you get your fixture. Premier League lads get their fixtures either four o'clock on a Monday for the following weekend. So you don't even know if you've got a game. So you can never really plan the next weekend. Yeah. Makes home life a bit difficult sometimes. Um, so you get a game at four o'clock on a Monday, on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. So I don't know, let's throw two teams, Everton and Fulham. If Everton are at home, the Wednesday I would watch Everton's last home game and I'd have a look at tactics. I'd look at the players, I'd look at how they set up at corners and free kicks. The Wednesday I'd look at Fulham's last away game. It's pointless watching their last home game because teams set up differently away. Yeah. Um, so I'd watch them as well. But again, if they're going to go away to Man City in their last game, I probably wouldn't have watched that because they'll set up differently at City as they would a game where the fielder can get yeah, some, like you know, as you would against yeah. another field or a Fulham. Um, so basically, I'd do that. I'd sit and watch every corner kick that's been attacked and defended by both teams all season. Um, so by the time you get to April, that's a, that's quite a watch because you're watching. But you're just looking for little things. It's not prejudging teams. Yeah, one player um, will just same movement, same yeah, exactly, shirt yeah. pulls. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah what, Block, he's picked up four yellow cards. Well, three of, of them are for shirt pulls when players go past him. Well, I'm not then prejudging thinking I'll yellow him. But if you know that something could happen, that's... So you're just preparing yourself for... Yeah, I mean, I stayed overnight at every game as well. So even... So it's probably, good practice, that. I think so. Good just practice, get up on the morning. Cause I, I mean, it's easier then because I can control my morning. Something yeah. happens at home, suddenly you're panicking or you've lost your tie or yeah. you... Do you know what I mean? Or I didn't do this and... When you're in a hotel, you know on a Friday night, you've got everything for day after. Yeah. Get up on the morning, have a bit of breakfast, just relax, meet the lads at 11 o'clock at the hotel... 12 o'clock go to the ground and everything's the same then. So even Manchester games, I stayed overnight. So just to make sure that my preparation were always the same. Is that is that your cost that you stay over? Or? No, no, no. They're, no they're, it's funded to be fair. So it is put up. The hotels are always provided by, certainly in the Premier League. They right, do as well. So well. They say if you're travelling from day, Newcastle yeah. down to and Brighton. We, and we've had to, we've so had to change crazy, sometimes. We, we've had to change hotels because I, I turned up at um, Brighton. Brighton against Derby, I think it was. Um got into the hotel and Dab, the, t- the Derby team bus was outside the hotel um, and Derby had booked into the same hotel so I phoned to have my hotel changed because again the perception of me yeah. being at breakfast and being photographed because the Derby and, and I'll know the players so of course I'm going to talk to them if I'm there yeah yeah, yeah. so to be photographed chatting with the Derby players at breakfast good, yeah. it doesn't look good so again I'm straight on the phone I need a different hotel and they saw that out straight away but you've always got to think worst case scenario as a referee because yeah. one photograph ends up on Twitter and I mean, you've seen the damage it can do that so you always have to be one step ahead and thinking okay how do I protect myself in that it's, it's good stuff to find out this because as a football fan you have three o'clock on a Saturday yeah but I won't, I won't tell you hotel at the start when they go to Huddersfield you'll have to be knocking on no <laughs> I, won't, I won't give you that information yeah. <laughs> fire alarm at 3am exactly you I'm not going to be that decision. No. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, that it's, many it's, hotels it's, it's insightful <laughs> stuff because it's it, it takes it it shows that it is a real professional setup and it's got to be because you look at the millions that are there yeah. 
you know, just what town have earned in the last couple of years is oh, exactly, an yeah. obscene amount of money, really. So, you yeah. know, referees it's, should yeah. be treated I, I, I think it's great. as top professionals. The, you, the, the frustration for us is that people think you rock up with your boots over yeah. your shoulder at half two, yeah. ref game, annoy everyone, yeah. go home, have a good laugh. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? That, that football yeah. is just something to do that day. Yeah. And they don't realise the preparation that goes into that week. In, and, and they assume, same thing, if you're leaving the game and you know you've got something wrong. Devastated. You're going to go on that night yeah, and, you, you know, kick cat on way in and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's tough. thoroughly chased off all night. Mm. For Whereas next two or you, three days, it can be nearly. Like your first game, you've gone and you know those three red cars are stonewallers. Yeah. You go away from that and you're sort of buzzing for night. Yeah, you are. It's, it's like winning and losing a game of football, isn't it? Yeah, it can for, be. In, in the referee's absolutely. world. Absolutely. And it's hard as a referee because you're not allowed to travel with the other lads either. You're not allowed to travel with some. Why? I've never understood I, that. I don't know. I think some of it is down to if you get stuck in traffic. Right. And then two officials are not going to be in traffic. But, I mean, that Brighton game, for instance, the lad on the other line was from Castleford. So we basically drove down together, following each other to Brighton. And it was a bit like, it feels a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah, so you're just chatting I'd, on the I'd car on the way down. And I'd understand that if you were going down same on day, on day Yeah, again, yeah, absolutely. And you might get stuck in traffic. Yeah. But if you're going down day before, yeah. your chances you're not getting there both years. I know. Yeah, you know, Other than something that's you know, don't bear thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it does, but I suppose if they've just got a policy and you stick to that, yeah, then it, yeah. it means you're not going to bend it. But yeah, so it can be lonely. You drive away from a game when you've made a mistake. That Swansea game, for instance, where I knew I hadn't refereed well, I've given a penalty in the last minute, which has affected the outcome of the game for an handball. And you look at it back and think, what did I see? I mean, that, that incident, I gave the penalty. So I've pointed, obviously, towards the penalty spot, which can look like you've given a goal kick sometimes. Yeah. And Peter Crouch, it was the penalty was too stoke. Peter Crouch, when it happened, turned around, saw that my hand was pointed straight out, thought I'd pointed for the goal kick, and actually screamed at me, it's a corner. <laughs> so as soon as I give him a penalty, and the, kid, the lad I've given the penalty to is telling me, it's a corner, that's when you think, I might have got this wrong here. Yeah. I might be wrong. He scores, it's 92nd minute, and then you've got a five and a half hour drive home from Swansea on your own, and that, yeah, that's not yeah. easy. It's not easy. Yeah, soul-destroying stuff. Yeah, it can that. be. Yeah, it can be, yeah. So that kind of tags on a bit to the next question I've got here where infamously this season Michael Oliver's phoned David Wagner a couple of times to apologise for incorrect decisions okay. he's given on a Saturday according to David Wagner it could be true could not mm. um, he made on a Saturday have you ever had such a poor game that you've kind of picked up the phone and gone I need to speak to the manager and say sorry I always made a point and I, I don't know whether that's true or not for this season I genuinely don't um, I always made a point that if a manager had a gripe over a decision we're not allowed to look at, um, at decisions while we're at the stadium. So I don't actually know. I can be told I'm wrong, but I've not seen it with my own eyes until I've left the stadium. So there is times that a manager will come in and say, oh, but I think this is wrong. And I, I'll happily say to a manager, look, call me on Monday. Or call me tomorrow and, and we'll talk about it if you want. Yeah, when I've had a chance to actually look yeah, at it. Yeah, and then and... they've calmed down as well. So yeah. rather than them saying something that then I've got to report, because I don't want to do that, because I understand frustration is, is part of the game. Yeah. It's amazing, and you don't, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. But there are certain managers who would always phone you after the game, yeah. a lot of the time to apologise, to yeah. say you're right. And I know it, it might come as a surprise, but Steve Evans was one of them that always took the time that if he had a go at you on the Saturday and said, "Oh, your decision's wrong." I even I did him at MK Dons once and sent him off at half time actually for his his reaction in the tunnel. He phoned me the next day to apologise and said, "I've looked at it back. You're absolutely right." And yeah. Bit of class. I, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is a bit of class. That's not saying it's not classy of managers who don't do that, but they don't have to. I've never once had a manager phone me up and rant the day after, ever. I've, I've apologised and said, yeah, I've looked at it and I were wrong. 
but always the manager just says perfect to be fair what you've said there answers another question as well because obviously you're not seeing anything until you've left the ground you're not allowed to no so that sort of takes away the argument where people are wanting referees interviewed by media straight after they get to give their view on the game yeah but obviously you can't because managers and players are giving theirs having seen every incident broken down from 47 angles I'll I'll, I'll give you one on that because I think Managers get a raw deal sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. Managers are not allowed to come to speak to the referee until 30 minutes after full-time whistle, just a cooling-off period. Yeah. But they have to go and speak to the television within 20. Yeah. So they've not spoken to the ref at that time. So when they say, have you been to see the referee? No, I've not seen it. It's just because they're not allowed at that time. Yeah. The amount of times that a manager then comes after 30 minutes, having done their interview and yeah. ripped you to bits, they haven't seen it. Yeah. They haven't seen the clip a lot of the time because they'll go in, they've got to speak to their lads, they've got to do this. The they haven't got time to look at a clip and then go and do an interview. They're basically going on what their analyst has told them. And the amount of managers who come in and say, get your sort of opinion on it, and they go, right, yeah, I understand that. I've just cost myself about £40,000. If I'd have known that before I'd gone in front of a camera. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure television do it for a reason. Their emotion is still well, that's high. That's what it's all about, They want it? that that's reaction. That's what it's all about. So it's a bit unfair to the managers sometimes because there is a good dialogue between, well, that between referees and managers, yeah. Kevin Keegan had that rant in the, fa- the famous well, one with, with perfect Ferguson. television for him. Yeah. It's great TV for and him. And it's been exactly shown ever since, yeah. hasn't it? You know, it's still gets it still gets quoted now. Yeah, it? yeah. So yeah, that's, I would that, love it. Yeah, yeah that I'd just shows it. you, but it is. It's quite. I mean, I, I've only managed Sunday league sides, and mm. I know how you get carried away. Yeah, you get irate, and you know, end it game, and if somebody then wants to, I don't want to talk to anybody. Then no. I'd rather go and punch somebody yeah. than talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah, and. At that point there, somebody goes like that. Correct. And what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. But then consider by the time you've gone back to the pub and if ref goes back for a, a pint and a, and a yeah. few chips, you can actually have a reasoned conversation. Always then. used to. Yeah, we always, agree, we always but... used to invite referee back and, yeah. all, and make sure they come, get them a couple of pints, yeah. make sure they got food first, all that yeah. kind of stuff. There's a, and then talk to them sensibly. So there's a reason for that. And that's yeah. that football does that to you, doesn't yeah. it? So you do need that cool enough period. Yeah, there's, um, I've got quite a good story there. When I used to play in the... Uh, in Sunday League, there was a an incident we had a uh, two one of my mates playing in midfield against another one, and the the guy sort of swung an elbow at him and mm. and really connected with him. And my mate, my mate's quite tough, and he he, he kind of like pinned him down, and he was proper <laughs> So they both got sent off. Um, but the referee at the time, he um, we finished. You know, at the end of the game, everyone just all right, fair enough. Back to the pub. We went back to the pub, and the referee came back to the pub with us too, and he took the two guys outside. And he said, and um, he's saying battered. Carry on. He's like throwing his money down. Carry on. He kind of said to us, "Said look, if you two talk to each other, have a drink, apologise. I won't send those red cards in." And I thought that was that, that was the first. I think I think probably about twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. The first time I thought, yeah, that's actually brilliant. We had a bit of that. Ref- Referee got suspended if they found out. So don't name him. <laughs> yeah, no. that. Yeah, John Smith. Well, it's sensible, isn't it? Because these lads go to work and they're earning the money, and then they the got paid forty pound for a red, a red card. card. A red card and a sun, you get banned for about three months, don't you? It's, it depends what it is. To be used fair, to, yeah, yeah I remember used to get. Don't stop them though, does it? No, they still go. They still no. go at it, don't no, they? But, um, <clears throat> we'll go on to. So I've, I've I've done this interview to sort of sections now. So that was a bit about you and how you got into everything the next the next section's a bit about abuse Worthington still Worthington still trying to tear it up for Makaliski back at the Rob Edwards what a goal for Rob Edwards Huddersfield Town through a level on the night they could be heading to Cardiff eight minutes to go it's Huddersfield Town 2 Lincoln City 2
Do we start with the old name now? Yeah. Tin hat on now. So, yeah. <laughs> but so, and I asked you this off 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 dinner before uh, before we started, and it was kind of like you've recently joined Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a few people at first didn't realise yeah, it was you. Yeah, nutter. And thought, <laughs> and I, thought, I, I think I think a few thought it was a parody at first and, mm. and whatnot. Um, but you've I'll be honest, when you messaged us on yeah. the takes that chance Twitter page, the first thing system I, I, I said. Bobby Adler's been in touch with us. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's real. <laughs> sure, but I've, I've, seen, it, I've yeah. seen it before, so I knew it yeah, was. Yeah. But, um, mm. but yeah, so you've recently joined. Um, it's a strange forum. Um, it yeah. can be great sometimes, and other yeah. times it can be a bit a bit hazy. We're obviously working. We, we just we have normal jobs, and yeah. we we don't really get much stick on there. We, we're probably the ones. <laughs> Which I try not to. I, I get just the opposite now for yeah. the stuff I'm involved with. It's quite good. <laughs> but um, what's worse then, uh, the stick that you get on social media or the stick in the stands? Um, if you'd have asked me that last year, I wouldn't have been able to answer you because <laughs> because the, the referees in the Premier League don't have social media. They're not allowed to. So there's quite a lot of parody accounts out there, so I could understand why people <laughs> yeah, thought that. Yeah. In fact, I, would just, I had to put Bobby Madley 2 on me to it because someone had already had Bobby Madley. I was like, <laughs> so I'm like, a, yeah. I'm like his like, bodybuilder or something. I'd like to see an argument between one and two. It's disappointing, isn't it? Um, so, I, I mean, if I, if I were to have it now and read some of the stuff that's put on Twitter, it's, I mean... I listen to some of the comments that politicians come out and they get one comment at them on Twitter and they say, this is disgusting, I want him arrested. You put him one of the referees' names on a Saturday night when they made him or perceived to make a mistake. Yeah, can some of the stuff on there is horrendous. Some of it's hilarious, I'll be honest. Some of it's properly funny, but some of the stuff's horrendous. And I've, I've had, I made a point, I, I put a tweet out just showing some of these and I didn't put any names of people on because I didn't think that were fair to do it. But comments that I hope when he gets home, his, his house burns down, his family's inside. Yeah, yeah. I hope. The, these comments that We've said football brings out emotions in people. And most of these comments, yeah, and most of these comments are made, if you have a look at them, probably made within five minutes of a mistake being made by me or the perceived mistake mistake being made. The scary ones are the ones who post that on a Wednesday night. Yeah. You're only four days after (laughs) the game and you think, still ain't calm down. So they're they're the scary ones when you look at them. Um, And I I mean, there's a Paul lad in America actually who shares my name. I think at Robert Madley he is. (laughs) Um, is he like the John Lewis guy? He got battered. He got battered every weekend, apparently. He lives in Vermont. Got battered every weekend because of me. He just kept waking yeah. up every every Sunday like, yeah. have I done? i got um, one, Bobby. Can I take it forward yeah. a bit from that? So most newspapers now have yeah. got, uh, I suppose it's a two-part question, really. A, did you read, I mean, you're on a human, yeah. did you read the newspapers Sunday and Monday? I don't know if you've noticed now, every newspaper seems to have a, a referee attached to it. So mm. we see... Keith Hackett seems to be have his own show with, you know, Graham Paul, Graham McGallagher, and the problem, it doesn't make your job any easier, and I know they're kind of, you're making me laugh now, because they're coming out, they've seen the replays, and they're saying that that was a penalty on that, yeah. but I'm sure if they were on the field, they'd probably give it the other way. How do you feel about that, kind of, the referees that have finished now, kind of, I know it's the job and they're making the money, but does that... Mm. Is, does that not help you? It doesn't not help you? Or is it water off a duck's back? Really? Throw in there, Keith, was it Keith Hackett who was? Less, you yeah, had a bit we, of a thing a with a weeks, conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you won that one. To be honest, I hope so. <laughs> he got pers- he got personal, so I assumed I did. Um, I think there's two two schools on this. So there's people like Dermot Gallagher, Chris Foy, who go out and try to explain decisions. So they go on to Sky and they don't try and back the referee all the time. That we don't mind because we you can't defend a wrong decision. What you can do is educate people as to why. And Jamie Carragher went on and tried to give, he had this VR thing of Chelsea Cardiff and tried to show what the system looked at. And all right, it might look a little bit strange, but 
they actually tried to explain why a decision was made. What frustrates us is that ex-referees who then go out and work with tabloids and work on you know little voice clips for talk sport, that's frustrating because these guys took a good living from refereeing. They know how difficult it is. Um, and to go out and then almost be very personal in your decisions, um, I don't think that helps. I don't think it helps young referees. What it does on Twitter, and I've had a look, it, there's no referees who answer back to that. There's no referees who answer back to these comments when they say, oh, the assistant referees had a mare. No young referees mm-hmm. write back and say, this is brilliant, thanks for that. What it does is it opens up to the fans yeah. who then jump on the back of it and end up with proper abuse of that person. So... I mean, as referees, we, we don't have a closed shop. No. We don't stick together. But I think, yeah, I think it's wrong. I think taking it one step further, and rugby league's attached to football. So a great example of this week, we had Phil Dowd, uh, as they always part of the commentary team now. Yeah. They noticed that's crept, crept in. Yeah. And there were that, I don't know if you, you saw the game, Bobby, but the incident with the handball, and then at the end when Salah went mm. through, I, I thought, you know, they were kind of saying that was a sending off. Obviously, it went to VAR and it didn't give it. But it just shows, and the rugby league a number of times as well, the ex-referees, Stuart right, that's Collins. a try. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's a no yeah, try. So it just shows yeah. then the, the difficulty of the job you yeah. have because these are people who have got the replays, the yeah. time, and they can see it, and they're calling it. And it to me, it kind of proven, it proves to us that it's so difficult a job to yeah. do because these are ex-referees seeing the replays and still getting it wrong or having a different yeah. opinion to the, the video people. Yeah, and, we, and we have opinions. And when you're talking about you brought VAR in there, VAR will never be perfect because if you're the VAR one day and I'm the VAR the next day, we can look at the same clip and you think it's a red card and I think it's a yellow card. Well, then you're almost working Mm. depending on who's in the chair. So as much as they try to get consistency of decision-making on them, you're never going to happen because you've got opinions. I have a higher tolerance level than others and maybe lower than others. So we'll never be consistent across the board and and VAR won't, won't allow that. It'll allow for the big, obvious decisions to be corrected. Um, and as a ref, we welcome that. You don't fear VAR to overturning your decision. You actually, I'd rather that than be driving home from Swansea having known I've made a mistake. Yeah. The thing that I'd want to see, Bobby, sorry, nipping him back in no, there, this is what frustrates me. So we have, like on the rugby league, you have a referee. So a referee who's nothing to do with the setup there. Mm. So he's given his opinion. I would prefer, whether it'll ever happen, if, I'd rather hear what you're saying to your assistant when mm. you're kind of, then we know for a fact what yeah. kind of you're discussing and then we can understand it a bit more rather than somebody who's no different to me or anyone in a, in a crowd just trying to second guess or give yeah. an opinion. That started off in rugby league. It's really weird, but now they've got a referee who's used to be a referee just saying, well, I think it's a no try. Why, why can't we hear the people? Yeah. I mean, cricket does it really well yeah. where you actually hear what they're saying, right? So we're looking at the hotspot, we're looking, did he get an edge? Yeah. So you're thinking, right, we, we, you say educating the fans where I just think kind of the other way. It's almost like just trying to sell yeah. subscriptions and make it a bit more dramatised. Make, make yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, why, you know, some of town's decisions have been given mm. this year or at least, you know, understand the thought process and things. It's frustrating for us. I have a feeling you'll see it. I think it'll adapt into it. It has to, because I went to the Huddersfield Man United game in the Cup and we had the incident with VAR yeah, there. Matter, and it, it was just, I mean, it was probably one minute, 30 seconds. It felt like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I knew what was happening behind the scenes. So I can almost appreciate what's going on to everybody else, to just have on the screen that says VAR review in progress, yeah. in process. Well, mm. that that's not a spectacle. Do you know no, what I mean? It, so I think what we'll move to is we'll move to, the, to it being on the screens. Problem you have is that Man United don't have a screen, Liverpool don't have a screen, mm. and they don't have anywhere to put a screen mm. other than blocking off fans. Um, but I agree, I think you don't want to hear the referee all the time like in rugby league because trust me it, it is boring it would it would yeah, really kill a spectacle just listening to what the ref's saying all the time on the big decisions the communication between ref and VAR I, I absolutely agree and as a group of referees we agree 
let's have that non-robotic um, conversation like we are now and just saying, look, Neil, this is what I'm seeing. He's gone in, it's two feet, it's off the floor. You listen to the rugby union lads, I'm not a union fan, but we did about a lot of work with the premiership referees. What they do is when they've got a review taking place, they talk all the time. Yeah. So the refs and the, and the TMO will talk all the time. And they've said, basically, while they're talking, the commentators can't because yeah. people want to yeah. listen to the refs. So all that time, they'll look, they know it's a red card, but they'll educate mm. through that conversation. And so, yeah, what I'm looking, I'm looking at the screen now, his arm's high, he's caught him with the elbow, it's straight across his chin. So as a fan at home, you're already making your decision and going, oh, it's going to be a red card mm. then. So when the red card comes out, it's no surprise. Yeah. But it educates people mm. as to why, rather than just going, it's a red I'm ripping up your agenda here, Matt. So I get another thing that <laughs> every, every week. It's yeah. all coming out. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's, <laughs> as soon as Val was mentioned. He's had a jammy dodger in his why, why can't we hear it's a amazing. referee being interviewed and at least explain a bit similar to that thing? Why can't we hear you a match of the day saying, this is why I didn't give a penalty. Mm. This is why, you know, I let the player go on here. Honestly, I could, you could, I think they'd get much more engagement with the supporters, but they really seem to be reluctant to kind of do that. And I bet some referees, I bet most referees would... No problem. Yeah. At least you can agree. The thing is, though, I, I get that point, but having listened to Bobby now tonight, I'm almost of the thought where that would possibly do more harm than good now. I think there's too much emotion. I think emotion, a lot of people just won't yeah. change their mind regardless. Yeah. It's so, I personally wouldn't have an issue doing it. And, and there'll be lads who are confident enough in terms of that that will go out in front of a camera and speak. But there's also lads who, who are rubbish in speaking in front of cameras and in front of people. Mm. To a broadcaster and a journalist, I'd probably be their worst nightmare. Because when they ask me a question, I feel like I could give... I, I actually did it, we trialled it. So I went to Hong Kong to referee an Asia Trophy. And Sky said, after the final, can we do an on-pitch like an, an on interview at the side with you? We'll talk about uh, the game, whatever. So we talked about an incident in the game. It went really well. But then they threw in a bit of a curveball at the end. Absolute sort of best intention. Because they were interested in what they were hearing, I then get this curveball question thrown at me. So then you've got to think on your feet a little bit. I've almost got to give a political answer mm. on that. Um, so in terms of decision-making, I don't think I'll ever get dragged out in front of a camera to discuss a good decision, ever, as a referee, because no. that's not entertaining. Yeah, yeah people so, want to know why you got yeah, it right. So the match of the day wouldn't bring you out on the, pit, on the camera for <coughs> education purposes. They do it for entertainment. Yeah. Once that referee's out for the third time that season explaining a mistake, people then start going, wait a minute, it's three times he's been out. And we don't do it to players. Players who've been sent off or miss a penalty in the last minute, we don't drag them out and say, what are you thinking? No, no. So I think it's a bit unfair, but if it was going to be used as an education mm -hmm. thing, then why not? I'm in Norway now, and, and they do that a little bit in Norway. They do come out and explain decisions think, at the end. Do you think this negativity as well that uh, the media create then transfix it, well, well, transposes to the supporters? And mm. so all of a sudden you sat there on the ground and they read out the teams and they say, and the referee today is Bobby Madley and everybody's heart just goes, oh, it was rubbish yeah. again, so and so and so and so. Exactly, yeah. Do you think this is the, the media mindset that's been created is, it doesn't help? <clears throat> yes, yeah, so as a referee, the thing that you're constantly told is you're trying to be a celebrity, you're trying to make it all about you. Yeah. And then by, the more that you're on camera, the more that people hear your voice, the more that your name is written across the bottom of the screen, yeah. the more you're looked at as trying to be a celebrity as a referee. Yeah. So yeah. we basically want to ref the game. I don't want people... They actually, Sky asked, or maybe BT, a couple of years ago, you know the bits beforehand where they have the players who walk up to the screen and you have your name yeah. that comes on. Oh, they yeah. asked for that with the refs, can you turn? And we just went, no. Yeah. Because we kind of don't want people to know us. We just want yeah. to go and ref a game and go home. That's that proper. So, winds me up, does that. And, and rugby league, they do, and it's exactly the same. Like you said there, you know on Monday what your opponent is. For me, we should not know. I don't think we should not know who the referee mm. is. 
because that creates more problems to solve. If we know yeah. X is refereeing that they, they dig up the history and yeah. rugby league is exactly the same, that then it's all oh, we've heard him and he'd give us yeah, this. Yeah. Give us that. So you beat him before you went out. There's no need. Why do we need to know the referees sat there? It doesn't need to be public knowledge, does it? Does, does it bother you on not, Saturday? Not particularly. But no. it bothers so many other people. You say, oh, we yeah, had really him before does, they didn't yeah. give us a penalty. And I'm thinking, don't yeah. bother me. It is what it is, isn't it? I know, but you don't. You've got no, no. You've got you've got you've got to have a referee. Yeah, but, but just, who, who it yeah, is? It's on back of really, program when we get to the game. Nah, it's really by it. the by. Because yeah. I, I, I genuinely don't think that referees, and you've confirmed it tonight, and I believe every word you've said. I genuinely don't think that referees have any preconceived ideas about no. teams. Not at all. Because they're there. It's their profession. They're trying to do the best for themselves in their profession to move forward. And do what we all do. Try to do a good job. Yeah, that's what everybody tries to do at work is do a good job. Yeah, and that's all referees are trying to do. If, if we again put it into context of the referees in the Premier League, so we we don't have a referee observer in the stadium. We're basically observed by by the television. So after the game, that gets sent to an observer, an ex top referee who sits at home and marks you on every single decision, even the decisions you don't give, because you've technically <coughs> made a decision on it. So you're looking at somewhere between 220, 250 decisions a game. That'll come back. I use in one of the presentations I do. I did Newcastle and Southampton. I got two wrong. So 215 decisions. I got 213 out of 215 in that game. Pass a test with that. 99%. One of those is a free kick on the halfway line, which is an aerial challenge. I didn't give it. It was some at a note. After yeah. days. Nobody cares. And that most of the crowd have gone. Go, yeah, no one remembered go. it. Yeah. And then the other wrong decision, or come down as a wrong decision is actually marked as difficult easy or standard decision so it's marked as a difficult decision handball 92nd minute didn't give it maybe could have the high the, the um, headlines in the paper the next day was Premier League referees letting down their profession with inexplicable decisions yeah I've, I've got nearly 200 and, you know what I mean 215 decisions right yeah. I've got two wrong I mean, you, I'll, you I'll give anyone's kid a test maths test 239 yeah, 215 say you failed that's, yeah. that's the world we live in though unfortunately yeah I mean I, I and we as football fans you've all slated we, we've slated refs on here Cosy what, what's your favourite away day? Matt it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham just old school stadium you're right near the pitch great atmosphere but there's nothing like playing at home same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. At some point. Yeah. We did a Whopper of the Week. We did a Whopper of the Week. On Craig Parson. Stop it. But, <laughs> but the thing is, it's totally as a football fan. Of course it is. And that it's, it, it's an emotional response. That's what it is. It's an emotional yeah. response. It's not a slowly thought, sat down, considered response. It's a, why the, you know, didn't he give us yeah. that? Yeah. It's clearly obvious. It's blah, 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 whopper. Yeah. Absolute whopper. Yeah. He's 
whatever it is. And to be honest, this is why this is really good because I'll go away from this now. Yeah. More knowledgeable than I was, and I would have go, and that's got to help. And if you know a thousand people listen to this, that's a thousand people hopefully. Yeah. Listening, and, and if ten of them go away and think. Yeah, might look at this a little bit different. Yeah, we don't. So we don't want to take emotion away from a game because no, that's, that's what makes what football is. great. And yeah, when I go, when I go to a game, my first reaction when a, a red card's given against Huddersfield or Osset or whatever that I go watch, my natural reaction is same as you because I'm a fan. But then I sit down and I'll have a considered. Actually, I think he's right. So, but I still have that initial reaction, and and we don't want to take that away from football. That's no, what makes football that, great. That is football, but the response in the ground. Yeah, is it? should and is a totally different response to of course it is a considered thought yeah. about three days later correct yeah Robbie I've got a question just kind of on the back of what happened to obviously love of Spanish football and they're very you often see in Spain they're covering their mouths when they mm. talk so Diego Costa got sent off on, on Saturday man handled the referee no problem there well obviously a problem getting sent <laughs> off yeah. four game ban but he got an extra four games yeah. and the lip readers were out and what have you they have a programme where they find lip and basically had a go at the referee's mother and he's yeah. got another four games. Now, they pulled out some footage of Luis Suarez doing exactly the same early in the season to another referee. Mm. The referee didn't even book him. So I suppose my question is, regarding tolerance levels for abuse, you know, for you, because I always think that if I were getting sworn at, you know, I'd be dishing out the cards, I'd be like, right. You know, <laughs> so I, I applaud what happened on Saturday, yeah. you know, to Diego Costa, but I don't think that happens enough. But I suppose... Is it a minefield, though, as people swear in, are they swearing at you? How did you see it and what were your kind of tolerance levels with uh, with players? Because I just think, dish the cards out, they won't do it anymore. Kalina were good at that. And then, to me, I just think people get away with it a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the hard thing is, so when you watch on television, the perception of what you see on TV is very different to the actual reality of a game of football in the Premier League. They will, they know when a player's gone down and not been given a free kick, you watch every time the camera will pan on that player because they know that the player will react. It's a natural reaction to have a go at the referee. When the referee's now 30 yards away, concentrating on the next decision. I don't stand and watch his reaction and think, oh, is he going to shout at me? I, I concentrate on my next decision, so I've gone. Mm, so most yeah. of the time, you won't even see that. Yeah. You're in a stadium with 70,000 people, so you're definitely not going to hear it. So unless it's right in front of your face, it's hard to deal with that. I can genuinely... I never sent anyone off in the Premier League for... We've got to get away. So swearing is not an offence in a game of football. They removed that. It used to be foul and abusive language. That's no longer actually written into law. Mm-hmm. What is there is offensive, abusive, or insulting. insulting now, yes, yeah. that, your tolerance level will be different to yeah. mine. I think I have a high tolerance level. And I, have to, I understand empathy as well. And, and I have to understand a player's reaction sometimes. So to me, the worst thing you can call me as a ref is a cheat. You can call me a lot of things. I think cheat is the worst because I'm definitely not that. might be rubbish. Um, but I've never ever stood there and been verbally abused by a Premier League player hence I've never sent anyone off if I was I'd send them off so it's a discretion thing then Bobby there's no kind of rule say if someone says a cheat nope. that's a red if someone says that's a no, your absolutely parents, down to your own discretion and, right, and okay. again this is where you might understand you're in the 89th minute of a cup game it's the semi-final mm. there's that much pressure the championship player final which I discussed mm. I'm not saying that it's right and it probably visually if it's caught on television looks wrong but in the same respect, I can't go around, you know, if you're at work and someone does something that negatively affects you, you don't go and smile and shake their hand. No. You might not shout it at them from 30 yards, granted, I accept that. But you're in a totally different environment on a football pitch. When someone negatively affects your job, which is what they are, 
you're going to react different. If, if I put it, I'm rambling on this one, but if grassroots football, because I get a lot of it, oh, grassroots, it happens, and you don't deal with it in the Premier League. If you, if you play poker, if we sit around here now with poker and just play a game, they, they would have a few beers, lights on, we'd have a chat, TV in background. You watch poker played on television, it's exactly the same game. But there's no TV, there's no beers, it's a dark room, they've got sunglasses on inside. So you put a million pound in the middle of the table, people react different because it's their mm. job. And football, we have to understand, is exactly the same as that. But Leeds are it straight to Moy again, who shoots! What a goal, Aaron Moy! An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia! And that's good. I think what we'll do is we'll, in terms of abuse, we'll move on to the rule section because we kind of jumped in and out of that. So I, one thing that I was always told was the best referees are the ones that you don't notice are here. And that was always one. That I, I would add a bit on that you, you do when you need to. You so you don't see you don't see or hear them, but if you need to see them, you do. So I, I think that's. So we'll, we'll move on with in terms of rules and Cosa, You've got. Oh, this is the one question. <laughs> I honestly don't. I'm dreading this. It's just I'm, I'm balls, Bobby. I, I honestly don't. Yeah. I have so much sympathy with referees because mm. this week's proven it again. I really don't know what an handball is. Is it ball to hand? Is it intentional? What it's supposed to do? I'm seeing people, especially in other countries, kind yeah, of jumping yeah, yeah. with their hands behind their back. You wait. What's this thing now that where you, if there's arms out, stretching in an unnatural position? I really, honestly, I I can see a, a point soon, especially when VAR comes in, where people are not gonna if they've got a free kick quite far outside the box, they're gonna probably aim for an arm, yeah. rather than the goal. Is, well, this is where VAR's confusing because it's good for the, us the to stuff you think though. It's not like goal line technology is fantastic yeah. because it's it is, no yeah. grey areas. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. It's black or white. It's a goal or it. That Man United goal last night. That was a Barca goal. That was a perfect example of it working well. Well, yeah. on it, but the there's, there's, there's other examples where the one that Man U got the penalty against Paris. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, was I mean, of, yeah. you, you could put ten blokes yeah. in a room. You split the and room. You could split yeah, the room, yeah. and that's a pen. And then there's the one that Town, in my opinion, should have had Stormwall against Liverpool. And there was but the again, Arsenal you put that 10 minute room, it's probably a 6 4 split again. Yeah, because we had the same thing that Man United had against Arsenal, didn't we, at the yeah. weekend? Where, yeah. um, was it Mustafi or the Kishelny, one of the two centre backs, yeah. put their arm up, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. it How can you simplify it for us, Bobby? So when we go to a time match next and we shall have ball, we know we should have Would you give them a Man U penalty against Paris? Um, I personally don't think it's a penalty. I didn't either. But, <laughs> so, okay, so. This is where it's really tough as a referee because, as you said, there's a lot of things that are black and white. Yeah. Handball's one of those that isn't. It's a natural or unnatural position. Well, I've never played Premier League football. I've never defended a cross in Premier League football, so I don't know where my arm would go. So we actually work with the players pre-season on that. We go in and speak to clubs. Um, so I went into Huddersfield, Palace, Liverpool, went and spoke to their teams, and we actually showed them this is what our expectation is of handball. The difference then is that certain countries will say this is our interpretation mm. of handball. Spain, for example, will say if it hits your hand, it's handball. Yeah, they do. So this is why you see lots of Spanish defenders standing with their hands yeah. behind the back. Yeah. In England, for us, it has to be deliberate. So they've changed next season that you can't score a goal with the hand, whether it's deliberate or not. So that's new, but it has to be deliberate. Now, again, you can probably look and see 95% of handballs, the player doesn't mean to handle it. But that deliberate act is bringing your hands away from your body, making your body bigger, turning and blocking a shot, which you might not mean to do it with your hands as a goalkeeper would, but you've deliberately put your hands there. So it is difficult. This is really difficult to be able to just, in words, say, oh, this, this is handball, this isn't. 
because a lot of it's down to interpretation, how speed far of, away from him, the, the speed of the yeah. ball. Yeah. So, so it, what's, the tough, Euro, what's the European? So, so the, obviously, so that, it works it out for me, <clears> that, that, that Spanish one, because they've given so many pills yeah. of hand balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's the kind of Champions League? <coughs> ask the ref, is this? Yeah. <laughs> so if you Champions League, is it a middle ground? Do they have different rules or what? Because that must be a nightmare if you've got, say, it Spain is. v England, where, you know, <clears> how... It really is. And that, that's why when you watched England when they went to the World Cup in their friendlies beforehand they brought one ref in from Asia to ref a game one ref in from South America just to see what yeah, the style of referees were yeah, yeah these so are for, things that you don't think about yeah so for us when we go and referee in Europe um, if I were to go and referee in Spain I almost have to adapt to the Spanish style of refereeing because it's all well and good me saying oh I ref in the Premier League I'm going to referee the English way up you get bit of contact <laughs> well I end, Brexit, I end up with a riot yeah. because yeah. yeah everybody expects you have a Spanish against an Italian team they expect little free kicks for little touches yeah. whereas in England it'd be get on with it yeah. Yeah. so you almost have to adapt and referee in that yeah, style which is tough like a player yeah would do of course it is oh. so you, if you watch again in the Champions League any time a foot is raised into a tackle you're going to see at least a free kick yeah. in England get on with it mm. so there's a lot of it is like national interpretation as well that kind of leads on to something I wanted to ask as well because we, we grew up watching football in the 90s Neil 80s slightly earlier. <laughs> so you, you'll remember like Terry Hurlock won't you like yeah. what things he used to do Darren yeah. Bullock um, yeah. players like this Mick Kennedy God bless him um, for me contact is is a question um, yeah. now, now you always see penalties given and it's always there's contact so it's a foul and that's always one thing that really annoys me because yeah. it's, a, it's a contact game um, it seems to me like we've gone from it being really physical and you know get up get on with it mm-hmm. that kind of thing to sort of being quite strict now and any sort of slight nudge and things that is sort of ending as a foul and, and one thing in particular is, is penalties as well there's a mm. lot of teams seem to get a lot softer penalties than what they perhaps did 15-20 years ago yeah. has there been some kind of change in the law or, or a directive that's been brought in and is it different in different leagues as well? So this is a bit of a two-pronged question. Yeah, yeah. So when you watch, when we watch Town in League Two, yeah. you probably get more agricultural tackling. And, yeah. and do yeah. referees then give, do they give a, um, Less is there like a subconscious of, way you yeah. think this guy's probably not as good as what mm. what Cristiano Ronaldo is. I'm going to yeah. give more of a, you know, a concession for like, his yeah. talent, if you like. Yeah, the, the bit I don't like about it, you'll probably answer it in the question <clears> is, yeah. where it's almost spoken about now as and you, you listen to all ex-pros so-called experts on match at day and sky sports what have you and say he's been touched it's his right to go down just yeah. read my mind there oh, I, hate mind, that. Yeah. I hate that try and be a referee and get that so yeah, yeah to, to answer your question that for me is the biggest frustration because we understand that football is a contact sport you also have to understand that when a player like Mo Salah, Eden Hazard and Zaha are running at players at pace, real pace. If you run in that garden and I give you the littlest touch on your ankle, it can cause you to fall over. So just because you see it in slow motion, it doesn't show the real perception, the reality of that. Mm. So you've got to judge that as a referee. Um, Yeah, the the worst thing, he has a right to go down. Well, I'd often say to players who would take contact and go down and then ask for the penalty, they've not dived. So there's just because oh it's not a it's not a penalty so it must be a yellow card well not really I've said the worst thing you can call me as a referee is a cheat if I yellow card a player for diving or simulation I'm saying to everybody in that stadium you're a cheat I've got to be hundred percent to do that and if I'm not and there is a bit of contact there I'm not like bottling it not bottling giving it and bottling giving a yellow I'm looking thinking I'm not prepared to call him a cheat because I'm just not sure it's not a pen 
but I'm just not prepared Is to do it. Is that where maybe the retrospective punishment should come? I think so. I think there should be a retrospective one. But again, you're always going to look because a centre forward who sits on a panel will always say, well, yeah, that will cause yeah. him to go down. Yeah. A big centre half will yeah. look at it and go, it's never a pen. Yeah, so exactly. again, within positions in football, yeah. you're going to get differences. One, so, one thing that irritates me a little bit more uh, is I, I get you know Zaha running at mm. speed, he'll get a tap. You know, if you're going fast, you're more likely to go down, like you said, yeah, than, yeah. than you are at walking space. One thing that irritated us early on this season was a, a Danny Rose incident. He went down incredibly easy. Mm. Uh, I think he got a slightest touch maybe on yeah. the shoulder. Does it annoy you when players? It annoys me uh, when players get touched on their arm or something mm. and they go down. You know yeah. full well a touch on the arm doesn't trip a player. Yeah. Does that kind? Do you just kind of think? It's a foul, but it's annoying that you've done it, that. It is, it's frustrating. I, I would often, I'd walk past a player and say, listen, if I bumped into you in Asda like that, you wouldn't fall over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but don't I mean do it that... today to me. You, you weigh 13 stone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't, that... don't do that to me. So, But yeah. I, I, that Danny Rules one, I know we had a disagreement on it, but I, I've totally changed my kind of way I look at it. I can see why he gave the penalty. And in the way I watch my football now, I'm chilled with that. Mm. Before it, whoa, he didn't get any contact. Blah, blah. I can see... Why you give the penalty? Whether right or wrong, so no matter. But so for me, I'm chill. Whether others, the game's changed. You've got to be contact. I, you'll, if, fi- you'll find it here when we have these discussions yeah. every week on yeah. pod. Yeah. We never, yeah. and that's what's good about it. We don't always yeah. all agree between no. us. And you make so a you good, can see then you're right. you, you've got twenty five thousand yeah. people with twenty five thousand opinions. Yeah, Bobby, you're right, and, and I think, you've got one opinion. I think yeah. one of the problems with our team compared to others is the other teams are so much more faster and quicker yeah. that, and our players are not as good yeah. that we're giving away more fouls. There's going to be more yeah. contentious yeah. issues, and we've suffered with a lot of them this time. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I thought our penalty that was, that was always. Yeah, and we, yeah. we don't get penalties. Yeah. You, you've, you've also got to understand people are looking to oh, Man City get more penalties than them and Chelsea. Yeah. And, yeah. The box well, on, you, you've got the ball for 75% of yeah. the time. And you've got so Sane and David Silva. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would assume that therefore you, yeah. you're going to win 75% defenders. of the free kicks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you've got the ball, it's hard to commit a foul yeah. when you've got the ball. Just so, superior quality players at some, you know. Yeah, and that's why they're top of the league and, and teams like down the bottom. And Would you have given the James Milner one against us? Um trying to remember it to be fair it was for town yeah, yeah. say yeah say yeah as a fan I would off yeah or off it, seat it as a fan it come off his yeah. knee and his hand were here I think it's it's, there a, going it's a, through a, to a strike I think there's a rule is there where it hits the knee and then the arm yeah, and it's there, not there's, handball there's not there's not a written thing but again it's got to be intentional yeah, if the ball hits someone's knee it bounces up I remember it's a question to be honest no I wouldn't it's a penalty I wouldn't give it as a fan I would off the seat and when I sat back down and watched replay back and my missus went oh is it a penalty then? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. I, yeah. I always try as a fan, put it into other penalty area. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you have expected it given against your team? And I say that to players a lot. Do, do you know what the problem is with that? I get what you're saying there, but I'd have fully expected Liverpool to get That's it. fair enough. If it had That's been. fair enough then. It was, it was the way his arm was away from his body. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I get a it. Natural position kind of thing. I don't yeah. know I mean, if I'm, I'm not one of these. That, it isn't, it isn't I'm not one of these who thinks that every penalty we get against us is unjust. Yeah. They're not. If you're going to give away 10 penalties in a season... Yeah. If eight if eight of them are right. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you, and it's difficult as a fan because you do get the emotional part of it and, but you've got to appreciate that your view also mm. is an instant of course it is, yeah. Bang, this is what yeah. I've got. I've just seen it. Have I seen it? Oh, I think I've seen it. Mm. And that that'll probably go through your mind as well. Course, is, it, yeah. You know, did his knee come out? Yeah. Did his hand move? But you'll you know, often see that referees will take that little second to pause. And the problem is the perception of that is oh he yeah. weren't sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you're not, and what you're doing as a referee is you're looking and thinking, right, just replay that again. Did I see it? Yeah, yeah I did see that. That's line. exactly what referee did for Tampen yeah. on Saturday. Stopped. Yeah. Few seconds. Spoke to the yeah. linesman, didn't he? Pen. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, thought about it and thought, yeah. yeah. Are there any situations where you find yourself chuckling when football fans don't know the rules? Um, for example, <laughs> one, one players thing, don't know. Players. <laughs> one yeah. thing that one thing that I always find really funny is when there's a corner and the and football fans are crowding around the thing because the ball's not in the quadrant. Yeah, yeah. They go absolutely yeah. mental, don't they? Like, and it's like it doesn't have to. It yeah, can just, just touch the line. Hang, is yeah. there any that you kind of just makes you laugh? You know, when when football fans say this and it. Yeah, I mean, not, not, not many fans know that you can't be offside from a goal kick. So when you have that tactic and you have a guy that stands 10 yards in the other half and straight, and even defenders at times will go, he's offside, ref. It's like, but it's, it's a dead, goal kick, it's can't be offside. It's indirect, isn't it? So. so fans don't know that. So that always causes an uproar. And the one that really sticks out to me, uh, actually, probably my first Premier League game, actually, other than when I got on the list, um, I think it was Hull and Fulham. And Stockdale, I think it was. David Stockdale yeah, would have been Stockdale. Fulham's keeper. He's taking, he's taking a long time with ball in his hands. Very rarely do you see that six seconds sort of put in. Most, most, did it get, take, it got it. taken out, did it, again? No, it's still in it's there, but it's, it's just something that's... Yeah. yeah, exactly. So he stood there with a long time for it, in his hands with a long time, and one nil down at half-time. I come walking off the pitch with him, and I said, look, you're going to have to speed up with the ball in your hands. And he went, <coughs> but we've got four steps in it. I went, four, that, I said, that, that went like about 15 years ago. <laughs> I said, I thought we had four steps. I went, no, you've got to say six yeah. seconds, you've got to get rid of the ball, otherwise it's an indirect free kick. You had four kick. steps when you were 12. Yeah, well, he you know. come, come out for the second half and every oh. time he caught a ball, he just launched it every time. <laughs> they, got, they got beat 6-0 and it was just like, <laughs> it was comical because he's catching the ball and obviously in his head six seconds into a long time, catch the ball, bang, catch the ball and his players are like, what are you doing? I, uh, yeah. do you know what I, mean? I remember being a 10-year-old goalkeeper and when we were young, we used to have to play in full-size goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play for White Wanderers. A 10-year-old and used to get the ball and used to think, I need to get to the edge of the box because I can't kick it far enough. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to come straight back. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that was always one thing. So, Cosa, you you had a load of questions on VAR, which I think you've had answered. Uh, Bobby, you were telling us a good story, yeah. weren't you? When well, just one thing now, Bobby. Though, sorry, yeah, yeah. Get Matt. But <laughs> VAR, Here we go. I said the magic word. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a slower game, but cricket. I think VAR's got the respect to the, the cricket, but what it does do, it makes umpires look bad if they've made a decision and it's yeah. overruled. Do you see it as a hindrance or a help? Because what worries me the way it is in the UK, and I like the NFL way, where to me I'd like to see the coaches challenge mm. rather than what we're getting now. And I knew it had happened, and Spain's horrendous with it with mobs. Yep. Go to VAR, yep. and then and then it, you're not a human. You're gonna go to VAR. Yep. So I, I would, how do you kind of see it? As okay, it, as, so first of all, the ref doesn't go to VAR. The VAR's watching the game in the background all the time. So every single decision, the VAR is watching. Every single time that the VAR thinks, brother, isn't it? yeah, every time they think there could be a penalty decision, the ref doesn't need to go. Can you check that? Ah, so the VAR is checking it right. straight away. Immediately they're checking it, so everything's being checked. So the players don't need to say go to VAR. VAR's already looking at it, um, and the players are getting to know that now. Um, in terms of challenges, initially I thought that would be a good a good thing, and then we got speaking to the players, and the players said no, it wouldn't work because what you'll get is when you're on top, and you're uh, one nil up for instance and you're pushing on oh sorry you're one nil down and the other team's pushing on for that equaliser what you'll get is you'll get the, the manager of the team who's winning they'll chuck one in oh we'll appeal that because it's going to take a minute a minute and a half yeah. and, and it takes the momentum out of the game yeah it takes the momentum out of the game then so they'll use it they'll yeah, find anything yeah. they can to use to their advantage um, to go back to the first one no I mean I don't I've never refereed a game properly with VAR yet so psychologically Without VAR, you never make a mistake until you see it back after the game. If you think you've made a mistake, you're never sure. Because sometimes you're actually right and you still and you think on the pitch you're not. 
we work with psychologists just to move on because you can't be proved right or wrong. And the managers will say, we've seen it at half-time, mm-hmm. players, we've seen it at half-time, you're wrong. And they, they haven't seen it. Yeah. It's trying to get in your head. Is it here to stay? Um, I think it will be. I think television will dictate that it's here to stay. People won't go back. I mean, they did a poll, actually. They had it in the Bundesliga two years ago. They polled the players, and I think 70% yeah, of the players said they didn't want that, it. Yeah. Because in Norway now we do a little bit of work with like the media there Breda Hangland works over there used oh, to be yeah, a Fulham, Fulham yeah. and Breda hates it he said you know what I stand in the tunnel and I look at the referee before the game and I think we'll get some decisions today and we'll get some against us but this guy's honest he said and when you put things in slow motion tackles in slow motion look 10 times worse than they are in full speed I used to say that to my lads on a Sunday yeah. morning you yeah. know, get off the referee if anybody in my lads used to get booked mm. for that at referee yeah. they'd pay the fine oh, yeah. and they'd also pay the club the same amount. Yeah. Because there had to be a point where, yeah. hang on, if this lad doesn't turn up for his 23, 24 quid on a Sunday morning... You're doing it, Neil. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. other touchlines doing half. Yeah. Or we haven't got a ref and we're not playing game. Yeah. So back off or don't play. And I've sub players for it before now. Yeah. That's a top man, eh? Should lead the FA. The respect <laughs> campaign at the FA. It's right, it's right though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It and is, and it when, is. You, when you're down to, like you've said before, when you're down at grassroots level. Yeah. You're on your you own. Know, it's where, yeah. And these lads are paying to play on a mm. Sunday. They're not earning thousands. They're actually paying to yeah. play. So I think what why would you not want full enjoyment out of your three, four, five quid or whatever Absolutely, it is? I think yeah. what we're depressing the other night in the Liverpool game, some of the good points, it's turning like uh, WWE. There were crowd chatting uh, VAR, VAR. Has no, it come with that? Yeah. Now, it's cringy, isn't it? It's embarrassing. Cringy, that, that, I'm afraid that's the future, yeah. I think, boys. Yeah. So, yeah. Bobby, you did some um, testing with VAR. I think mm. you said you, you drove from Brighton, uh, was it Newcastle down to Brighton? And yeah. there was a, a specific London. game going on, wasn't there at the time? <laughs> if you were, don't know if you want to tell that story. Yeah, the um, look, I'm, I'm a fan as well, so obviously I keep up with. I, would, I finish a game, I come off a game, I get back in my car, and first thing I do is well, have town done because I've town done, I've lost it done, and then get on with drive home. How have I done? How many of you lost um, by this yeah, week? Exactly. <laughs> so basically, the the I did a game. I'm sure it was Newcastle, must have been, or North West somewhere. And on the Sunday, because the Premier League refs were ready to go this season, people are battering the referees about VAR. They forget quickly that it's the clubs who voted it out. The referees were ready to go at the start of the season. The the club said they didn't want it. Um, So we've been doing it for a couple of years now. But obviously it's been offline testing. So during a game, I'd get an appointment. All of it is done at Stockley Park down at Heathrow at the TV studios. So there's no VAR at the stadium. They're all based in London. Um, So you'd have to go down for the game, travel as if it's a normal game. Um, the game could be in Newcastle, but you still got to drive to London. Yeah. Um, and literally, you, you do what we did is we did the game offline. So you would basically you'd see a decision, a yellow card, red card, and you press the button. You'd speak to the referee just exactly as you would in the game. But there's no contact. You're not actually speaking to him. It's just a lot of practicing. So two games on a Sunday. I watched the first one. Uh, one of the other lads did the game, but obviously I had, I'm sneaking my phone just because I just feel the playing leads on midday. So I'm watching Uddersfield Leeds game and there's cameras all up in this room as well that are filming to make sure the VAR's doing it right. I can't make a sound, obviously, because it's all being recorded. And um, Heffley scored in the last minute and it, were like, it was the loudest silent cheer that I ever did. <laughs> it was a proper, like, it was everything that you could do with the loudest cheer you can, but no, no yeah. sort of sound. And, and lad who was doing VAR at times looking at me like, what, what? Uddersfield's yeah, gone, Uddersfield's gone. Like dancing around room, jumping, you're like, <laughs> so yeah, so we do we do care. We do care about it, I promise. Boy. Oh, where's it gonna drop? Heffel is in there! I, I think do. VAR's 
I've been warned it. It's a year too late for us. I, I've seen it in Spain, but I think the lower teams are gaining from VAR because I think they're getting decisions now. Because, like you said there, Bobby, they've got no choice. The VAR team are looking at yeah, it. Yeah. When I, again, it's just opinion, and you probably deny it, but I just think sometimes we've seen it this year, Neil. We go to Anfield in a couple of weeks, and Grant goes down in the box, yeah, Salah yeah. goes down in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the VAR's there, at least that. You yeah. know, gives it a chance to even yeah, up you and feel and like you're going to get, you've got yeah. half a chance of getting a it's fair. It's a shame. I mean, but although they did say last year if we were at bar, we'd have gone down. So I suppose it is swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm going to disagree with you because obviously I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to turn around in terms of integrity. I never, it's amazing how every football fan thinks a referee is against their team. <laughs> both sets of football both sets yeah, of fans yeah. on the same day yeah. we'll put out on Twitter this ref's got something against us and you yeah. think well you can't win then can I do you know, do you know what Bobby but, we had um, we're going to release this in, in, a f- in a few months probably in, in the summer but we had Leicester didn't we on Saturday and because we're already relegated yeah. I was watching that and I just came away from that going alright Vardy was offside and I was probably wanting a penalty yeah. but I thought it were alright that referee and yeah. because you've, t- you've taken the Take pressure out of it, it absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, I actually yeah. came away thinking he was, I don't even know who he was which David, is David Coop it was, yeah. I thought it was really good yeah. But, yeah. just got a tweet uh, in Bobby just from Ed Stark he asks would be fun to learn about the new rules FIFA is proposing for the next few years too and your thoughts on them um, there's not not huge changes that's coming in to be fair obviously is there, is a penalty one. Is, is there a change to the penalty rule um, yeah so we've got so they, they, they tinker with it every year to be honest um, so you've got little things that whereas you see at the moment when they make a sub a sub goes off he, he always goes down at the far side at pitch and he takes an age to come over and yeah. you add 30 seconds for it and it actually takes a minute so they brought one in that says that they've got to go off the side or the closest line to the pitch okay. off the pitch so there again it's could be interesting a few tight grounds that one. yeah um, little oh. things he brought in in terms of yellow cards when you'll see mm-hmm. a penalty that's given um, for a tackle that's not a reckless one it stops a promising mm-hmm. attack um, that's no longer a yellow card inside the area because it's a double jeopardy in terms of you get a penalty and a yellow card yeah. um, a couple of years ago they changed 92 laws for the start of the season some only minor some only wording uh, but as a referee, you sit there and go, I've got to get this right. Yeah, I've got to suddenly get this right. I mean, the one that they haven't brought in, they actually, someone put it out as a joke and it will believe that it will. But I think they've got to do it because with VAR, you could pick a retaken penalty at every penalty kick for encroachment. Everyone. Yeah. So for me, why not just have it like rugby do? Everyone just backs off. You have like a penalty shootout style. You get one shot at goal, forget the rebound. If you score it, it's a goal. If you miss it, goalkeeper carries on with a goal kick. And then you've got nobody that's encroaching. Nobody, it's just yeah, you're taking all that away from it. Yeah, yeah. it's set as that's, it's a penalty. It's a penalty kick at goal rather than carrying yeah. on play. Because as a ref, I give a and purely by luck. Everyone said it was a great decision. It was purely luck that I, my eyes, I moved probably to the wrong place that I should have. And I saw it, Man City Leicester last year, a couple of years ago. Mares took the kick and he slipped as he kicked it. And he actually kicked it twice. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah kicked yeah. it onto his foot and it went in. Now, I should really be looking at the edge of the penalty area there for encroachment, but it, for whatever reason, caught my eye. And I looked at Mares as he did it and saw it. But then people say, oh, well, it should have, it should have been retaken anyway because we're encroachment. So it's impossible as a ref to look at everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so just take the players player, out yeah, of it. Yeah. Just I, have one player taking a penalty. We're going to have Colin Quine as well against Preston. I read that wrong. 
Saves no, no, I think the rebounds are still going to be there. I think the penalty kicks in terms of, the, but the goalkeeper can now have one foot off the line as long as one foot's on it. And <laughs> again, a, it's it's so hard to. As a goalkeeper, you watch, you watch. You see other stuff goalkeepers. like that. They mess about with too much, don't they? Think a little bit. Yeah, think a little bit. They do, yeah. So as a goalkeeper, you watch that. One thing that you always notice is the goalkeeper's usually on his six-yard box by the time the penalty yeah. spot's taken as well. Yeah, so they're getting the, better. It's encroaching on both sides. Yeah. But we had the, the hardest one they brought in, and I still not a massive fan of it is offside so when you it's when you collect the ball so when you get a player yeah. who goes back into his own half and collects the ball there that's where the free kick's taken from I did a game at West Ham West Ham Burnley I think ball went up in the air high cleared from the penalty area from by the defence and Lanzini's come from an offside position back towards his own penalty and my assistant at the time's going if Lanzini plays this is offside Lanzini plays the ball my assistant flags and Lanzini's about six or seven yards outside his own penalty area so I've now got an indirect free kick for offside, which is actually an attacking free kick. 50 yards, I mean, Mark, Mark Noble went mental. And, I, and I'd literally had to calm him down and say, look, you had this pre-season, you knew that this happened, Mark. Yeah, but he can't be an attacking free kick. And I'm thinking, he's right. It doesn't feel right that yeah. an offside is now a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. But So those little things that are tweaked, sometimes I, I don't think are always the best. But I, I wish they'd take the timekeeping away from your job, Bobby. It does my head in. I don't get why. That seems a novice thing to do mm. in rugby. Why, why? You've got enough to worry about. We've got VAR, we've got you know people coming on off. They said it was 30 seconds for the goal. And half the time you're thinking it should be 6, 7 and 8. And, yeah. and it's but three. For money that's in game now as well. Yeah. That, that is probably the simplest well, thing to be, take away well, from you. I it? think 50, 54 minutes of actual is that football. What I said, 54 minutes yeah. in a game of football you get. So, I mean, we cannot add 36 minutes on, can yeah. we? Yeah, can't yeah, add 18 minutes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I get it, but... Yeah, 54 so, minutes from opposition one thing <laughs> so we'll go on to your uh, your main love of Huddersfield Town yeah as well Forestieri saved by Danny Ward Huddersfield Town the annual strugglers who've become Premier League dreamers are defying the odds again the dream is on It's something that we always ask if we ever have a guest. We we usually say, "Can Neil, you remember your first Huddersfield game, don't you?" It was uh, 1980, Sheffield United at home. And Guys, stand the squad. Because you were I a, a Glory fan, me, yeah. You're a few years later. Newport County when oh, we went up. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. and mine was a lot late. Well, not that much later, but 1989 as a as a young kid against Mansfield at home, Battle of the Towns. <laughs> um, can you remember your first game? I mean, I. I can remember my first memory of a game. I might have gone to a, a couple before that. My first memory was standing on old, old uh, East Stand at um, it was on to Exeter. It were actually, um, I know brutal that. We've lived the dream, haven't we? But, between us, I mean, I, I still have that. I mean, what, what did we move? Ninety four, we shifted, didn't we? So I was only eight when we moved, and yet, as much as I walked through sort of turnstiles and whatever else and you walk into the stadium I can still remember that like last game against Blackpool being sat there and yeah. it's yeah. something about walking into the ground and seeing it's Leeds the Road as it was yeah it was everything it was the pitch the nets were different to everyone else's nets it yeah, always felt as if like Sunday morning that someone had just pulled them a bit too tight and yeah. that scoreboard behind it as a kid I used to look at thinking I don't get it because what, what is it what, what is that <laughs> and my dad unless you got a programme you never got exactly, it exactly Dalton Bank end they were just like what, what's and that about and half the time they were wrong anyway yeah <laughs> what about so, five goals difference yeah. my, my memories really is, of that is obviously a very young kid but that proper feeling in my stomach and I think that's why when I got promoted as a ref to the football league Burry Port Vale in my first game as a ref I knew what it meant 
I think if I'd have been a supporter of a top Premier League team and maybe not gone to all the games and watched them on telly a bit, yeah. I might not have understood, but I knew 4,000 people at Bury, I knew what it meant to them yeah. because I'd, I'd had that feeling as a football fan. Yeah. I knew what it meant to Port Vale fans because I knew what an away game felt like. So I probably appreciated Football League a lot more like that. I watch a lot of non-league football now. I watch Osset United a lot now. Um, or I listen to them on radio and have Huddersfield on telly or yeah. whatever. And and I, I'm, I love that area of non-league football. I think one thing that Premier League has done a little bit, as much as it's the fans have increased and everything else, I kind of feel a little bit yeah. more detached from yeah. from being a Huddersfield fan now. It was almost like a really nice small-knit group of fans that went to all the games. a lot of people feel this way. Yeah. Probably come back to that next season a little bit, won't it? But... <laughs> Suddenly you're talking to people or I'm, I'm reading on Twitter about these people who they're berating town this season and I get it and if you're paying every week and you're watching it every week I get that um, but a lot of these guys forget those Tuesday night games at Boston they forget those Tuesday trips to, to Plymouth and when we nearly went out at league and how it felt when Rob Edwards scored that goal against Lincoln yeah. in fourth division do you know what I mean and yeah. They're the people proper memories that. that you can never take away from your no, people. No, they're not. just look back and they're remember not. them I look at my sort of best memories as a, as a town fan, and probably not in the Premier League. I mean, I, well, our fourth official when we beat Man United at home, we, shouldn't say that, showed us Showing allegiance, beat Man United at home 2-0. Our fourth official at Man City that day. Obviously dreading it a little bit. And at Man City, they've got a little scoreboard where scores go across every like five minutes. So I'm watching game and there's a breaking play. I had a quick look at scoreboard and it comes across. I didn't come up for about first 10 minutes and I thought, Christ, it could be about, about because I don't know how to put double figures in this thing yet. But it goes across, Huddersfield <laughs> Town 2, Manchester United nil, And I were like, like this stunned yeah. silence around me. We've around. got it wrong way around. And I'm thinking, so I look around, turn around behind me to like Sky Floor Manager and I went, is that right? He went, yeah. Went, right, okay. <laughs> so we, we got, to, got to 2-1 later on in the game. And I'm watching the game and I, obviously I'm absolutely immersed in the game, but you can't, I kept having little glances to when scores were coming. Oh, still two one, all right. And I'd look at floor managers like it's still two one. So when when you were refereeing, did you ever still keep a season card, or is that not? Allowed? No, it, well, I mean, not technically. You have to declare if you've ever had one, so or any family members had one. So I have to declare Rusfield anyway. So the the strange thing is, you have this passion for a club and their results and their players, but out of all the Premier League players, when we when we do the pre season meetings. <clears throat> and I went into Liverpool, I knew the players could referee them a lot. Got to Palace, knew the players could referee them a lot. I did Huddersfields when they got promoted, I didn't know anyone. And it was quite strange, it was probably the most awkward one for me, that they'd just been promoted, I knew who they were, but I had no relationship with these guys. No. Hoggy had refereed a lot when he played at Villa in reserves. But the rest of the lads were just faces I'd watched as a fan. And they didn't know who I was. So even though you've got like an emotional attachment to them, as a group of players, I didn't have any yeah, relationship there yeah. as well because it's your team so you cannot referee them so it's quite strange that so you've you've told us about your favourite Huddersfield Town goal and the mm. early memories you've got have you got a specific favourite game or memory other than the Rob Edwards one I mean the, it's a hard thing as Town isn't it I mean I, I can remember bad ones there's a few of them <laughs> isn't there um, and yeah that, that season we got relegated and Stockport stuck winning us that was that was brutal oh, wasn't it and still yeah, Palace and still telling Palace, example, yeah. David Hopkin and, yeah. yeah but I think Wapkin some, some remember I mean Schindler's penalty I mean I don't remember anything about that game I'll be honest if I sat and watched the game back now I probably wouldn't even have seen because I don't remember I was, I was a little bit drunk as well but but that penalty when it went in stood with my brother my old man my old man passed away in 2011 and it's his fault I'm a town fan anyway so 
and that moments that you kind of want to share with people like it's that. Not, no, it's not I my fault. Thank my dad for being a tough yeah, exactly. It's his fault. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's his fault. And it's that's kind of moment, that's moment you want them there. Do you know what I mean? And what I loved is that I'm stood with, with our kid and we in stands, you know, we'd, we'd paid for tickets and whatever. Seat behind us was Johnny Worthington. Yeah. And his celebration afterwards were just like exactly the same as mine and exactly the same as the rest of the town fans. Yeah. And you think that's probably what Huddersfield are about. Yeah, Boo, they were sat near us. Yeah. And he was the same. Yeah. With all his family and that, yeah. and they were all just exactly the same. It's just great to see that, that felt, that's how much it still means it. to those people, yeah. Because yeah. so. you devote your life to it, don't you? Yeah. You do. Yeah. Even yeah. As well, a once you're in, it's you're Well, in. that's it. And the hard thing is I couldn't go watch them because I'm refereeing on a weekend. And obviously it's my job, so obviously I've got to do that. Yeah. But you're still in. You never lose it. No. I, I, I listen to people like when I'm in Norway. I listen. Oh, I used to be these, but I, I, so I follow them now. And you think, how is that even possible? Yeah. Couldn't yeah. just walk away from being Huddersfield fan and suddenly no. think, oh, I'll support Leighton Orient. No. Do you know what I mean? Don't like, work, it? No. It's only this all. pod you need to listen to now, Bobby. Forget about <laughs> <all> that. <Yeah, laughs> this rest of it's irrelevant. Yeah. Probably <laughs> stop next week. <laughs> um, so how are how are Huddersfield Town perceived in refereeing circles as a club? Because I think. Me and Neil, in particular, have a bit of a romantic view of Huddersfield mm. Town that they could be this fairly not massive club, but it could be a fairly decent sized mm. club. You know, like shading just behind maybe someone like West Brom or someone. You know, that in, in sort of thing. How and then Cosy brings us back down to earth a little bit by being the more realistic one, <laughs> yeah. don't you? But how how are how are Huddersfield sort of perceived as a club in sort of refereeing circles? Not necessarily just size, but mm. you know what they what Huddersfield's. Um, what they're about. A lot of people say Huddersfield are a nice club to visit and mm. go to and don't want you to get anyone in trouble or anything. No, but. no, no. Um, I think over years, Huddersfield, when you speak to the lads who've refereed them, have always been seen as a really difficult team to ref, physically difficult team to ref. Um, and that's, a lot of people say it's a difficult place to referee as well. Um, Atmosphere-wise, I think it's one of the best, a bit biased here, I think it's one of the best atmospheres um, that the Premier League's had in a long time because they brought in a little bit of continental yeah. sort of support in there as well yeah. because yeah. having refereed in Germany there is an atmosphere in a football stadium yeah. in those stadiums yeah. they know how to do it and they brought that a bit to Huddersfield as well um, if I'm honest I think not just refereeing because it's not something we discuss we don't really discuss where we where we think teams should be and who's punching above the weight um, I think the general thing would be even as a fan, I'd see Huddersfield probably the same as yourselves, probably a mid-table championship team that could push for a playoff place. I mean, even we got promoted on a negative goal difference. So, you know, that... Now, very Huddersfield. Well, I've, I've watched four, four play. I didn't get to Wembley playoff final when we beat Bristol Rovers. Um, but I went to one at Old Trafford when we got beat 3-0. I went to Cardiff. I've been to two. I've never seen a score a goal in playoff final yet. And I've seen us win three of them. Yeah. So, it's it's mental, mental, yeah, I don't quite know how that it's works. Mental. So... Stat, I, I don't know. For me, I've, I've always seen them town as... I probably grew up with them in third division, so League One now. Mm. Championship were always nice. Premier League to me were always... A it was never going to happen. It's too yeah. big. Because yeah. there's some massive, massive teams in championship. I just fear a little bit next season that... I, I just don't... I think sounds stupid, but I think consolidation is the first thing for town next season. There's a lot to season. sort out, isn't there? Yeah. There's a lot to sort out. But my view of championship is... It's it's a it's a good league. Mm. It's a very competitive league. Yeah. But that don't mean to say that the quality's up there. Because I mean, without mm. being, I guess if if loads of Leeds fans are saying this, I'd get shouted down without any problem. Because yeah, yeah, they played some good stuff this season. But if if Bielsa isn't there, that squad's nowhere near where mm. they are. It's, it's Sheffield United the are there. Four, yeah, two years. Right? And Sheffield United are there on the back of having a bloody good manager. Yeah. Look yeah. at their squad. That's a distinctly average. If they come up, mm. 
they are going to they are going to be that's, that's a good test there's five games to go and between second and tenth could get in the Premier League next year yeah. five games to go yeah yeah well, exciting, well, that's what playoffs have done though isn't it playoffs Brilliant. have transformed yeah. football haven't they yeah. for you, good and bad but you're right it's interesting when you look at certainly when when I went to Brighton Newcastle on that game you could see there that Newcastle and Brighton would do alright because they were two strong teams yeah. they play good football Um they're going to do all right when they get into the Premier League. Yeah. And you could you can sense that when you go and referee championship yeah, games. Yeah. I agree. I think if you look at the standard this year, I mean, Wolves, when they went up, blew that, blew that league away. Yeah. I refereed yeah. there a couple of times that season. It was just like, I'd not refereed championship football like that, the way that they're so free-flowing. And, and it's no surprise they've done so well. You look at some of the games this season, I've watched quite a few because obviously I've got a vested interest in the championship with, with the other lad, brother that's refereeing there. So I've watched a lot of that. And... I haven't seen many teams yet, I'll be honest. I haven't seen many performances where I look and think, oh, these will be great in the Premier League. No. And that's and nothing against the teams, but I've not seen any team really blow anyone away yet where you go, yeah. wow. Do you know what I mean? Even Norwich last night, I watched a little bit of it and, and there's pressure on them at this stage of the season, but they should be expecting to blow teams like Reading away. Well, the, the expectation for, for Fulham were to be doing what Wolves are doing. Yeah. 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 And, and I think what big, Fulham did wrong is they blow all that money. Yeah. And in one summer, completely dismantled everything mm. that they built. It yeah, was, they did. Yeah. It was crazy what they've yeah. done. It's cost them, hasn't it? Well, Claudio, don't bother. He's in Rome now, enjoying his life again, <laughs> yeah. swinging his Roma scarf about. Yeah. yeah. Arms with the flick. Johnson with the turn. Johnson with the goal. And the game turned on its head. So we'll, we'll wrap up the the Bobby Madley interview. If you like, with, <laughs> with sort of going. Oh, it feels I've got away lightly. That's all right. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, we can't really discuss your, your your reasons for leaving the Premier League at the minute, can we? Because it's an ongoing sort of issue. But yeah. are you sad to be leaving the Premier League? Yeah, and, I mean, I, anyone would be, wouldn't they? Anyone would be. Um, yeah, I, I had five fantastic years in Premier League, and I've moved, and I can look and I can play the very political answer of you know, and football is football. Don't get me wrong, as a referee, it, it actually doesn't make that much difference whether you referee in front of five thousand or eighty thousand. There's 22 players in the ball. 20, yeah, and you're concentrating on the game, then it's fine. Yeah. I've refereed games over there. It's different. The standard of football is different. Um, their season's just started in Norway, so at least I get to get to run around in the sun rather than run around in December <laughs> rain in, in South Wales or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I do miss it. I, I, you know, I'm not going not gonna to lie about that. Anybody would. It's one of the best leagues in the world. It's The pressure is you almost welcome that kind of pressure. Um, but it is what it is, and you know, I make a fresh start now. Um, we'll see where football in Norway takes us and, and we'll go. The NFF have been brilliant since I've been over there, really supportive. It's quite strange because I actually get recognised a lot more in Norway than I ever did in England because okay. they, so they just live for Premier yeah, League football. football yeah. Like we would support Huddersfield and the other team would be you know, non your local non-league team. In Norway, it almost feels like they support Man U and the second team is their, their Norwegian Premier League team. Yeah. You see, like you've, strange. Like you've gone over there to work in Norway. Mm. Do you think the Premier League should be looking overseas to bring referees to the Premier League? No, I don't think so. I think we we get battered. Basically, we have better cameras, we have better coverage, we have a worse press and media than any country that I've ever experienced in the world. Yeah. So we're constantly calling out referees. Now, you look over since 2010, England has provided the referee for the World Cup final, two Champions League finals, Super Cup, Europa League, under-17 World Cup, under-21s and Olympic final. No other country in the world has provided referees right. to referee those top games. So 
You've got Michael Oliver who's on the shortlist for the next World Cup. They got battered about, oh, we didn't have a referee at the last World Cup. Well, we did, but that referee chose to go and move abroad so late in the process that it was too late to then bring any other referee in because he hadn't gone through the training that the FIFA referees ready for the World Cup had. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark went to Saudi Arabia two years into that process. Why did he leave? Do you know why he went there with money? Well, he, I mean, he, he got offered a job. I'm not which, knocking it. Don't no, blame no, him. I, he's only got one life. He, he? he got offered a job. And I think the hard thing, and I can't answer that from their perspective because I haven't done it, but I think you look at Mark's career, Mark had done the FA Cup final, had done the Euro Championships yeah. final, done the Champions League final. So other than the World Cup, he's done everything. To then keep motivating yourself to, yeah. to, you know what I mean? Every week, week in, week out, you look out and it's snowing and thinking. Didn't he ref our playoff final? Yeah, Mansfield. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit, bit fatter then, a bit more of a ball patch than he's got <laughs> yeah. now, somehow. Um, <laughs> got all but but he, he got offered a job. Yeah, he got offered a job in Saudi Arabia and, and he were at a stage of his career where obviously he thought, yeah, that's why not? He's refereeing professionally back in China again now, so fair play to him. So what's the plan in Norway? Is there, is there scope for you to get to the Norwegian Premier League and then maybe be an international referee? I don't know, I hope so. I mean, I've, I've spoke to, let's say I spoke with the NFF about it. I've started, so my first game is actually on uh, 27th of this month, okay. um, which is, it's almost like a regional league, the first one. So it's all, it's the third division. So they're not just going to bump you straight into the top league. You're going to have to earn your stripes coming over here. So I'm coming over there. So I start in the third division. The team, the two teams, it's a team just south of um, Oslo called Drøbak, and they're playing at home to Norild. And this is a regional league, remember? So the east of Norway. Nuril are making a 3,000 mile round trip to the game. These are amateur players, yeah. not even semi-professional players. So it's the highest like level. They might get paid a little bit of expenses and whatever, but it's a 3,000 mile round trip. It's right literally at the top of Norway. So yeah, so it's a bit different. Most of the pitches are 3G, not 4G. Um, so that's different again. Ball bounce is different. And there's quite a lot of English players there actually. I'd be surprised how many lads go from like the conference to, to play in the Norwegian mm. second and third division. But yeah, that's the plan. I'd, I'd love to do it. I don't expect just because you're refing the Premier League to be parachuted straight into their top league. I think that's disrespectful to their refs. Um, but why not? I'm 33. You know, I've, I've had three years experience refereeing in Europe as well. So if there's an opportunity, just because I'm English won't stop me. It won't stop, you know, having that opportunity to referee and represent in Norway. But if I do referee on the international list, it will say Bobby Madley Norway and not Bobby Madley England. But you would so. never be able to referee England, I would presume. No, no, I'd never be able to referee these, no. no. Excellent. Would, do you think we'll ever see you back in England again, or is that off the uh, table? Only watching Town or us at United, I think. Yeah, <laughs> as I said, I think the I'd love to, but I have a lot of respect for the Norwegian FA now that, that they've worked brilliant with me. Um, they've given me that opportunity to, to be able to move on to that. Um, and I'm starting a new life there. Do you know what I mean? I I, I have to do that. Learning the language. Good for them um, though. They've gone out there and seen opportunity and got themselves a good referee. Yeah, that makes expensive, like expensive so. pint in it, Bobby. Oh, over God, there, I mean, it? it's uh, it's like twelve quid a pint. <laughs> That's good enough to stop anyone drinking, isn't it? <laughs> got a takeaway. I got a takeaway pizza the other day. It cost me forty quid. Ten, <laughs> ten quid for delivery. Domino's only around corner as well. But I couldn't be bothered going. It was too cold. <laughs> paid, paid ten quid for delivery. Like. That's me. That's my money for food gone for a week now. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. But I mean, it's, it's the standard of living is very good. The, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful country, and I've not seen all of it yet, but I can't wait. It's, uh, yeah, it's a privilege to be there. Really. Excellent, brilliant. So I think that's it. So thank you very much, Bobby, for coming in, and uh, you've been listening to Andy takes that chance. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. 
take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores. Jack Pate scores. Hedman is in there. Smith scores for Huddersfield Town. 3-2 Town. Boris Jerry, Danny Ward saves. Danny Ward saves. was in, round the hair. 2-0 Huddersfield Town. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.